Welcome back to the sixth episode of the Create Reality Podcast. My name is Lewis Leidenfrost. And my name is Adam Wilbanks. Today we are going to be doing the second episode of the Who Am I series. None other than Adam Wilbanks himself. I'm super excited to hear his story. Um, as Adam said with mine, me and him, we never really shared the story before we were working together. So there's a huge blank area that I don't know about that I'm super excited to hear about, but he's going to walk us through the wins, losses, um, what worked, what didn't, and just kind of fill us in on everything. So without further ado, Adam, take it away. Yeah, absolutely not. I'm super excited. I would say me and you are, are pretty similar in the fact that when we were young, we just kind of gravitated toward entrepreneurship. The first thing that I can really remember trying was I was about 12 years old and it was eBay. Yeah. And I saw you could buy and sell stuff. And so I bought fake Beats headphones from China, <laughs> was selling them on eBay. And um, I even put in the description that they were fake. Apparently that's still not allowed. Got kicked off eBay. I tried to talk to him. They said I'm actually kicked off for the rest of my life because they can track my At social 12 years security. old, they banned you for the rest of your life? Forever. That's yeah, ridiculous. I remember calling them and asking. I said, so I'm 12. When I'm 70, I still cannot get an eBay account. They said, that's correct, sir. So, Sir, they called you sir, though? They called me sir. <laughs> they called me sir. But thank goodness there's Facebook Marketplace. So eBay was the first thing I tried. But I did sell one. And I still remember like when I saw that I made money online, that dopamine hit. I was, I was addicted forever. Yeah. So I knew that's what I wanted to do. was always obsessed with Steve Jobs and Apple and following people's startup stories. So the next thing that really kind of, I really kind of started was about junior year of high school. I wanted to start a clothing brand and you know, you started a clothing brand too. It's called Pangea, had no idea what I was doing. I created the logo and all the t-shirt designs literally in Microsoft Word, no clue what I was doing. Got these shirts printed, threw it up on a random website and nobody bought one, like nobody bought one at all. And I realized like marketing is a thing. Like the only way people get to your website is to send them there. So that was the first time I was kind of aware of what marketing even was. I reached out to some big accounts I'd followed on Twitter, some big country accounts that we're really good friends with now. And I basically said, listen, I have this idea for a t-shirt line. You guys have the traffic, let's partner up. And so we did. And that brand, um, there was a lot of ups and downs, a lot of story with that brand. That brand went really well. I didn't actually make any money from it, had no idea how to do contracts or anything like that and made no money from it. But while we were doing that brand, we get a DM from someone wanting to buy it from us. And there was no profile picture and didn't really know what was going on. Turns out that was Lewis, thought it was a grown man, found out it was a 14 year old kid, thought this guy's probably a scammer for sure. <laughs> Little did I know that he'd put an app number one in the world and all this stuff. So that's how me and Lewis actually met, which, I mean, how long ago was that? Uh, 2014 or 15. It's crazy so long about time ago. Six years or so. Yeah. yeah, through Twitter, Twitter DM. So it wasn't there. There was a story like no one wanted to reply because that was a waste of time. But you're like, hey, yeah, I'll, I'll take the time and reply. Yeah, we had like four or five people on our team. Everyone had access to the Twitter DM. No one else wanted to reply, and I was like, might as well see what's up. Yeah. Now we're business partners and live together. It's crazy. So, crazy story, but um, Lewis started working with our designer on the team because he had an idea for an app. Me and Lewis stayed in contact. I lived in Arkansas. I drove down to Atlanta for about a week to work on Southern Standard, the Southern Standard business, because that's where all the other team members were. And I met up with Lewis during this and he showed me his app idea. And I thought it was genius immediately. I knew I wanted to be a part of it. 
And um, I had just graduated high school. I was valedictorian of high school. I tried to get into Vanderbilt. Nope, got denied to Vanderbilt. I tried to get the biggest scholarship at the U of A. Nope, didn't get the biggest scholarship, but I still did get a full ride to the U of A. And both of those were a huge blessing. If I would have gotten into Vanderbilt, if I would have got the biggest scholarship, I literally could not have dropped out. It was, yeah. it was too much money. So now I'm in college and because the Southern Standard business was being ran in Atlanta, I wasn't really hands-on. I was getting busy with computer engineering. I decided to go ahead and just kind of step away from that brand. I wasn't really making money from it anyways. And um, so at this point, me and Lewis were really talking about the photo app and it was actually about to launch and he wanted to bring me on as a partner. I'd also at this time really started to learn a lot about the law of attraction and manifesting and goals and yeah. all this. And I'd mentioned in one of the previous podcasts that I'd watched Steve Harvey's jump video. And I knew I was going to be probably going down to Atlanta that summer. And I thought, you know, if I'm really serious about this, why not leave school right now? I was a sophomore in college. 4.0 computer engineering literally did not go to class again. I just dropped out like that. Okay. Terrified. That's was that you said it was your freshman year or sophomore year? Sophomore year. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, terrified, terrified as you can imagine to tell my parents, terrified of what would happen. Did you tell them right away or how long did it like what did no. you do? Did you stay in the college town, like in your dorm or in where you were living, or what what was the yeah, situation? So I still stayed there because I still had, you know, my scholarship money. So it was paying for me to live and everything, and I was kind of just waiting until it was time to move down for photo. And so I was kind of just hanging out, honestly, and it was not, it was not good. Um, it actually like, it pushed me into a dark depressive time and then I was scared. And then, you know, we moved down for Foldal and Foldal didn't work out. And so I was in a really dark place. So Foldal didn't work out. I had just dropped out of school, threw away my full ride. My family literally thought I'd actually gone crazy, came back. I just, I just couldn't go back to school. I just believed so much that I could be successful without college. So I start working for my grandpa. I'd worked for him since I was eight years old, every summer cutting hay, belling hay, raking hay. I started working for his construction company and every day honestly was pretty dark. It was a pretty dark day throughout high school. I mean, I was like the happiest guy there was. Yeah. Like I honestly- Everything was pretty perfect, right? Yeah, I mean, in high school it was, you know, great. I played sports. Sports were fun. Had a great upbringing. Did well in school. And so, I mean, to be honest, I was very naive. I kind of thought depression was people who just wanted attention and all this stuff. Yeah. And I quickly learned depression is very real. And it lasted probably maybe a year and a half. And I, I mean, I can't imagine feeling worse than that. I mean, honestly, it's crazy to think about now because I am so happy now. But back then, it almost seems like a dream. I mean, I really wanted to die every single day. It was, it was a very dark time, but it was a huge blessing. I mean, it got so bad at one point, I actually went to a funeral from a guy at my church, mm -hmm. and I did not feel sad. I felt nothing but jealousy, yeah. which was so, it was such a weird feeling. I was just jealous that he had already gotten to live his life and it was over with. So it was a very, very, very dark time during all this because I had just went from high school, everything's great, to wow, I just lost my whole identity. I'm not in school anymore, I failed. So it was a dark time. Um, I was very thankful for it. I truly believed that it was an opportunity for me to learn how to cure, not, not treat, cure yourself from anxiety and depression naturally. And I was able to do that. And we'll talk a lot. I think we'll have a whole podcast yeah. on that. 
that's kind of why I'm the, the crazy health guy with doing the meditation and breathing and all that stuff. But it lasted for about a year and a half and um, I got through that. So let's go back to the story. I'm working construction. Um, got very tired of that very quickly. Yeah. And so I said, I've got, I've got to get some other job. So I become a substitute teacher and I start selling vacuums door to door. So I was just the valedictorian of my high school two years previous. Now I'm showing up every day in a button up and, you know, khaki pants being the substitute. Yeah. Which was, I mean, you can imagine pretty awkward. It was, it was very humbling. I will say all the coaches, all the teachers were just like, you know, what happened to this kid? I mean, they really thought I fell off and it was awkward for sure. It was definitely awkward. Literally, some of the kids that I went to high school with that were freshmen when I was a senior, I was now their substitute. Yeah. So it, it was pretty weird, but I still had such belief in my journey that I knew it was just part of the journey and that I was going to be okay. So I did that. Um, I also was selling vacuums door to door, which little did I know how important cells would be in my life someday. Yeah. That's, that's literally where I learned cells. So that was amazing. Did you sell any vacuums? Yeah, I sold two. Wow. Sold two back to back. I was on a roll, and then it, it just fell apart. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds it just fell apart. Door to door, just that's a lot of confidence too, to knock on someone's door because people hate that. Yeah, no, I, I had people call cops, and it it was like I said, it was a dark time. <laughs> it was a big learning time, but it was every day was a struggle to get through, but it was a blessing. So then, what happened is finally my parents sit me down, and they're like, "Listen." you got to go back to school. And I had finally just been beaten down for so many months. I was like, you know what? Okay, let let me go back to school. So I enroll in school again. I'm driving an hour to school, an hour home from school every day. And there's this guy on YouTube. His name is Tyler Crea. And he, I'm sure you remember this. He had his big come apply to work with me thing. And he had 80,000 applicants. And I applied to it, and as soon as I applied, I texted Austin, my best friend. I said, I got it, a 100%. I know for a fact I got it. I believed in manifesting. I wrote yeah. my journal every single day. I worked with Tyler Crea. I worked with Tyler Crea. And two weeks later, he texts me. He's like, hey, man, I love what you had to say, all this stuff. Like, you got the job. I'm like, no way. This is crazy. So we start talking every day. He tells me about drop shipping. So, I mean, immediately, I just everything I can consume about drop shipping. I just start learning it. Yeah. And um he kind of keeps delaying things and I can tell like this may not work out. And he ends up not hiring me. He ends up not hiring anybody. But it was just part of the journey. It taught me to learn about drop shipping. So I finally decide like, hey, I'm in school. I've got to get a job in my college town. And so there's a job on Craigslist that says it's at a fabric store and it says, hey, if you can carry 50 pounds you can come work for us. So I was like, hey, I can carry stuff around all day. 50 pounds may have been a stretch for me, but, <laughs> but I was like, I can carry stuff around. So I go in for the job interview. I'm like, hey, I can carry your fabric around all day, like whatever you need, I just need a job. And she mentioned something about a website. I was like, oh, no, I, I can build websites, which technically was not really true. I hadn't really built one before. You'd studied it. Yeah, but I'd studied about it. And uh, she, I think that's always been something that's been very interesting to me about you is if you get into a topic you study it like crazy you're i think you're like one of your greatest abilities is you can learn crazy fast yeah. but you can consume a whole page or a whole book in a couple hours and have it mm-hmm. all in i think that's like a huge quality you have yeah my mom's always said that like i get way too obsessed with stuff but i mean i, think, I think it's mind. a good thing that's what yeah. my mom calls it too yeah 
So she's like, yeah, she hires me there and I get to build her website. And so I basically spend the next six months like building her Shopify website, all this stuff, doing all their online things. And I'm learning as I'm going, like I'm working for her, I'm going to school. And then I'm just learning 24 seven how to do what I told her I could do. And things are going pretty well there. Still talking to Tyler Korea. And my boss asked me if I would drop out to work for her full time. And I already wanted to drop out anyways. I already thought I was about to move to LA with Tyler Korea. So I convinced my parents like, hey, I'm gonna drop out one more time. I drop out and I'm just working for her full time, driving an hour up there, driving an hour home. Lewis hits me up and he says, hey man, I've got this drop shipping store. I was like, no way. I literally <laughs> just spent six months learning drop shipping and building a Shopify website and doing marketing. And he's like, yeah, I mean, I'm like, I'm crushing it with this drop shipping. It's becoming overwhelming. Do you think you could help? Four days later, I'm there. <laughs> like four days later, I'd quit it was my job. crazy fast. Yeah, I'm in Atlanta. I'm like, let's do this. And it was awesome. I mean, just 18 hour work days, 20 hour work days, back to back craziness. We don't really know what we're doing. We're calling suppliers in China. Like we're finding new suppliers in the US. It, it was awesome. Look, it was, looking back, our like snap memories showing us like two years ago, because it was this time two years ago. Yeah. It's crazy to see like what we were doing. We had no, like now we could have done so much better, but we had no clue what we were even doing. No clue. We were just learning as we went, making mistakes yeah. and learning from that, which is, I, think I don't think say, I've ever learned that much in that amount of time. I think it was a huge stepping stone. Like that was so important. It was everything. It. We couldn't do what we're doing today. So we do that and we end up letting a marketing agency take over our marketing. And so when that happened, I didn't own near as big of a percent in the company because I'd come on later after Lewis had already started it and he'd already put a lot of money into it. And once this marketing agency took over, the company really started to kind of tank. And so I wasn't really making enough money to survive down there. And our lease ended and we had found a house. Our lease was like ending the next day. We had already found a house. We were ready to sign for it. Crazy house. It was like an NBA basketball player's house, right? Yeah, it was an it's awesome like townhouse. house. Yeah, it was such a cool house. And uh, we were going to sign for it the next day. She had already said, you guys don't need a co-signer. We're good to go. The night before our lease ends, the next day we're supposed to move in, we open up the lease and it says we have to have a co-signer. We call her and she says, no, you have to have a co-signer. Like I told you you had to. And we're like, no, you never said that. And so we don't have a place to stay. Lewis is from Atlanta, so he's able to go to his parents' house. I don't have a place to stay. I already don't have that much money. And so I think I'm waking up moving to a sick house. I wake up and have to drive back to Arkansas. Crazy. And so, you know, just like that, I'm back in Arkansas. And Lewis ends up kind of scaling the company back up a little bit, ends up selling out of it. And uh, I'm back in Arkansas. I immediately enroll back in school, already know what I'm gonna do. I told my friend, I said, if the real estate agent would have called me the next day and said, actually, I'm gonna let you guys get the house. I said, I would tell her, I'm good. I gotta go back to Arkansas. I just had a feeling in me that something great was on the way, even though it seemed horrible and it was another failure yeah. and it's so embarrassing to go back home after all this. There's always the dip right before the big up. Always, That's and I, I knew yeah. that. That's and I'd true. studied it in so many people and I believed it and I'd put the time in. And um, yeah, so I went home, I immediately enrolled back in school. My parents were like, you're gonna enroll that soon? We don't, we're not even gonna have to force you. I already knew I was gonna drop out. I told my friends I was gonna <laughs> drop out. It was just kind of a cover to keep them off my back. I knew I was gonna start a marketing agency. Um, I started working at my parents' pizza restaurant at Gino's. 
And so I started trying to make this marketing agency, not really knowing what I'm doing, um, watching tons of YouTube videos. And now I'm driving an hour to school every day, an hour home, and I'm working at the pizza restaurant, going to school. And so I get an ad from these guys and it's basically like, hey, we show you how to start your marketing agency, blah, blah, blah. Everyone's seen those ads, but these guys just seem different. And I was like, you know what? If they can help me speed this process up, let's do it. I was like, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and do it. And so it was a $5,000 course. You could either pay it like upfront or over six months or over 18 months. And I only had $300 in my bank account, like $290, $300. And so the 18 month plan was $299 a month. Yeah. And so me and my friend come together and we pull, he had like 300 bucks too. We put our money together to get the 299 and I had already, every big risk I had previously taken, I had failed at. This was my last bit of money. If this did not work out, like I couldn't even pay month two of 18 of the 299. Like I didn't have the money. So that's how much I really believed in what I was going to be able to do. I pay the 299. I get in, I take their course. And I mean, it just seemed almost like immediately things blew up. Within 20 days, we literally made $10,000. There's 4,500 people in the group. We were the youngest people ever to hit the 10K club. They call it the 10K club once you start making $10,000 per month. And, you know, immediately I was like, wow, like I finally have made some real money online. Like after all these years it worked, I took another crazy risk after a track record of failures and it's actually working out. So what I do next is I get, because I'm driving an hour to college every single day, I get an apartment in my college town. Basically tell my parents, hey, I'll be closer to school. And as soon as I get my apartment up there, I quit going to class immediately. I go all in on my business. And I mean, if if I failed at this, then I'm now 23 years old. I've got like two and a half years of school left. I've dropped out through, it was not gonna be pretty. It was yeah. not gonna be fun. And you would have been in debt with this course and your apartment lease. Apartment you lease, took a huge risk. my course, um, I mean my school, cause now I'm paying for my school cause yeah. full ride was gone first time I dropped out. So huge risk, but I just go all in on my business and um, things work out well. You know, I've had so many ups and downs with the business. I've had great months and bad months and learned a ton. And that group, they actually came to me because I had such quick success and they said, will you start your own course in your own group? So I did that um, and that's going pretty well. When I bought that for 299, it was a huge risk. I never would have dreamed they would have came to me to create a course. Yeah. That's why, you know, in two weeks we're flying out to San Diego and I'm giving a speech for them in yeah. their group. It's just the things that have came from that, that risk I took or were unimaginable. Like I'm so grateful and so thankful for that. So I end up moving from my apartment to another house in Arkansas, scale up my agency. And I think we mentioned in this one of the previous podcasts, I would sign on clients and Lewis kind of had a white label agency and he would take on some of the work for my clients. And then it finally just made sense. We've always just naturally gravitated it toward each other. It always goes like that, yeah. We're always doing yeah. the same kind of thing. Yeah, we've always naturally gravitated toward each other in business. And it finally made sense. Like, we're basically doing the same thing. We basically are the same company. Yeah, the money was like lining up with all yeah. of that. It made sense. Yeah, we're like, let's just, let's just do it. Let's just actually make it happen. And, um, you know, I'm still paying for my lease in Arkansas, which is a few thousand a month. And I was like, I don't know if I want to like leave and move down to Atlanta and have that lease too. Like that's a big risk, all this stuff. 
And I just said, you know, every time I've taken a risk before, it's worked out. If you work hard, if you take a risk, it's going to work out. So we officially brought our businesses together. We moved down here, and uh, that's pretty much the story of, of how I've gotten here so far. It's crazy. Like, I don't even, that's just, I've never even heard the whole story, but the risk, like, I didn't even know about the 290, like, as we were saying earlier, I didn't even know about the 299 thing, how, like, mm-hmm. crazy that was. And then it all works out. Now we're doing really good. It's yeah. working out. It blows away. When do you think, it's like, your story is, like, it's similar to mine in a different way where it goes like good, bad, good, bad, yeah. good, bad, good, bad. But the, the goods are always a little bigger than the bads mm-hmm. and they build up, which is super interesting. Yeah. I would say like the quote, I actually have it here. I used to have it on my wall in my dorm room. The quote that like I really have lived by is from Steve Jobs, like I mentioned I'm obsessed with. And this, like this is one of the truest quotes. If you could pick one to live by, it'd be this. He says, you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backwards. So you have to trust that the dots will somehow connect in your future. You have to trust in something, your gut, destiny, life, karma, whatever. This approach has never let me down and it has made all the difference in my life. And that quote right there, like even just to the, I mean, I'm only 24 years old, even just to this point, looking forward when all these horrible things were happening, when I literally was so depressed, I did not want to live anymore. And I thought there was no hope looking forward. Nothing made sense. Looking back, every single dot connects perfectly, like perfectly. Yeah. If you haven't seen that um, speech, it's the 2008 Stanford commencement speech by Steve Jobs. And yeah. that, that, that um, speech right there changed my life. And then also yeah. the 1997 Think Different yeah. campaign from Steve Jobs. Those two right there are like probably greatest, re- like most entrepreneurs I bet can connect to those stories Absolutely. immensely. Yeah, I mean really anybody. What I would say I've learned so far is be thankful when bad times come. You've kind of heard us mention it now when bad things happen or if someone tells me something bad is happening in their life, I look at him, yeah, the Jocko Willink. I say, honestly, I'm really happy for you because if you keep the right mindset and you keep going, there is greatness on the way. And that is just a universal law. That's not if you're blessed. You're not just going to get handed things. you got to get tested to see if you can handle the good. Exactly. Every single horrible thing that happened to me, I am so thankful for. Even if all this had happened and I just didn't have the horrible year and a half of just dreadful depression and anxiety. I mean, I would have been missing out on a huge opportunity and huge teacher in my life already. I mean, I want to do some big things with depression, anxiety and helping people, but already I've helped people cure themselves, not kind of treat and feel better, but fully cure themselves from it naturally, no drugs, no pharmaceuticals. And that's a huge blessing because I had the opportunity to go through that now, Hopefully, I'll be able to help millions of people with that someday. Exactly. Wow. Awesome. Well, you have anything else? Or? I think I'm good awesome. until uh, the story continues. Until the story continues. We'll catch back up soon. All right. Thank you for tuning in to the Create Reality Podcast. Talk soon. Thank you.